0: And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Docks lands it in. Here's Lindegaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him the deflection. It's Aaron Davis, he could win it. He
1: probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start! Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the
0: Stansfield, good turn away from
1: John, goal! Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glover's Cash. This is the only podcast dedicated to your nine... No, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not <laughs> going to do it again. That took too much effort. Scripting, ridiculous. Not going to happen. Uh, but it is the only podcast dedicated to the mighty Green and my army, who are now nine in a row after Weymouth came... And we sent packing with absolutely nothing more than a drenched outfit. It was bucketing down on Tuesday night. Uh, what's more, I am the only one of the plebs here this evening, but I'm not flying solo. I couldn't do it by myself. So, as ever, we'd like to uh, call upon the great and the good of the punditry team that we have here at the Glover's Cast. And uh, this time we have called upon BBC Radio Somerset and BBC Five Live Sports Extras, okay. Sheridan Robbins. Sharon, how are you?
2: I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Loving seeing the Glovers topping the table and uh, being back in the commentary box for, for a fantastic performance once again.
1: You've you've come back from, from the, the heady heights of, of national radio to slum it with us at regional level.
2: Exactly, exactly. But I'm loving it.
1: <laughs> no, that, it, it's awesome. Huge, huge congratulations. And more to the point... What a night Tuesday night was. We're going to chat a little bit about Weymouth. Um, we've got a little bit of something special to put in the middle of this podcast. And then Sheridan and I are going to talk Braintree and take your questions at the end. But there is only one place to start, Sheridan. Tuesday night, under the lights. Um, a record-breaking crowd for the National League South in its current form. We know that there are other Step 6 fixtures that have gone bigger in the past. Not least, of course, ours against Enfield. But in its current guise, 6,289 people at Hewish Park on a Tuesday night in the most horrendous weather with Champions League on the telly. Um, The supporters are coming back in their numbers. Uh, I kind of don't really think I need individual questions about it, Sheridan. I just kind of want to get your overall take on what that evening felt like. We'll get stuck into the football in a minute, but what did the evening, the whole thing feel like?
2: It was incredible. I mean... I arrived relatively early, getting everything ready, and already the atmosphere was building. And as you say, it was horrendous weather. It did not stop raining from minute one to minute 90 and the hour before. But there was a buzz. There was such a buzz. And even um, Alex and I were talking when we were doing team news, you could hear the Weymouth fans and the Yeovil fans taunting each other before they'd even finished their pints outside. So it was a fantastic occasion. And I loved all the chat about, are we going to break the record? It wasn't even just about, are we going to do nine in a row? Are we going to break the record? And we didn't just break the record, we smashed the record. Yeah. And it was amazing to see the Thatchers gold stand just absolutely packed out you could not get another person in there and there is just something special about it and and you know alex fisher turned to me and said i've never seen it like that and i I just thought no well we certainly haven't in in recent years and um just brilliant and i just hope that we see more scenes like that more moments like that more evenings like that at Hewish park because when it's packed there is no better place
1: let's let's stay with the attendance for now because we were. I was. I was having a bit of a scroll back to try and find when was the last time we broke what would be the record. When was the last time we did this? And of course, you found the Bournemouth game and the Villa game, and you know the games that were cup catches. Obviously, the Man United games and stuff, and the ones that that just you just have to keep going back and back and back. And it wasn't until I got back to that Portsmouth game, uh, what would have been the New Year's Eve game, but it was actually on the thirtieth back in twenty sixteen was the last time we went above six k. And the game after against Exeter, we also went above six k. Um, But this wasn't a festive fixture. This wasn't a game that had a ticket offer attached to it. It wasn't a game that was a cup match of the highest order. This was a bog standard National League South game against a part-time team. Yeah, local rivals, and they can definitely have that. But Mm. this wasn't a particularly special event, if you know what I mean. There wasn't anything attached to it other than local rivals are coming but Yeovil are playing brilliant football and people want to be part of it.
2: I mean, how many times have have you and I particularly said to get bums on seats, you've got to be winning games and we're winning games, we're winning games well. And, you know, you can talk about, and a lot of the media talk about how far we've fallen, fine. I don't care what level you're at, seeing your team win is the best feeling. And there is that feel good feeling back at Hewish Park. And... I enjoyed that more than I've enjoyed a game in in years. Um, You know, we have all those special moments that we reminisce over, but to have it packed out at that level, an important three points, nine in a row, the momentum, it's special, it's special. And it just goes to show the support there. So if you can get it in the National League South, imagine what we can do if we, we do get promoted or, hopefully in the near future get returned to the football league. The, the potential is just unbelievable.
1: We've 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 never doubted it here. You've probably heard us say a number of times. We know that these people exist. Mm. They've just either been forced away, kept yeah. away, or just have better options. It's starting to swing back around now and the clips of quite a lot of younger people who maybe don't appreciate the last 10 years because they were probably only four when it all started going wrong. They're now 14. And they're now having a great time, and those are those are the scenes you want to see. Um, let's talk about the football specifically. Um, one change: John Stevens came in for for Will Dawes. Not a huge shock there. Will Dawes, one of those players that's having his minutes managed, but John Stevens was ready to be let loose in a big game like that. Um, no great surprise. Team news: We were always going to add a bit of pace, weren't we?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking to Mark Cooper before, he said, it's just great because I've swapped pace for pace. And that's something we had been missing before Jordan Stevens came back from injury. I think that was the only sort of criticism that perhaps we didn't have the pace to hit teams on the counter. Now we've got two options in that area, which is just great. Um, And, you know, Will Dawes has done brilliantly uh, since he's come in, Um, but he had been suffering with cramp (laughs) a few times. So three games in a row, you know, and then obviously Saturday to Tuesday, and a chance to to see Jordan Stevens in in that starting role because I think there is something in when you come off the bench a number of times you make an impact it's it's almost less pressure isn't it to to just have those fresh legs when you've got pace as well you're always going to have an impact but um bringing him on from the start just just gave us a different dynamic and um I think he's going to be a really important player and if we can Manage his minutes just as well. Um, I think he's going to be a, a really good good signing for us because it feels like a new signing because we didn't see a lot of him even even last season, did we?
1: The the idea of managing minutes it's a bit of a cliched term, but if it's successful, if Mark Cooper's able to do it with Stevens, Murphy, Hyde, Nubley, with players that can be chopped and changed and have suitable replacements. I think it has the potential to be our biggest asset this season. Yeah. I really, really think keeping people at their absolute best for as many games and as long as possible, vital, I think, in this year.
2: Absolutely. And there's such quality throughout. Every time I do my prep for a year game at the moment, I am noticing we don't have a massive squad, but the quality is absurd. Yeah. Um, and it. The fact that we can call upon those players at different times. I mean, the way Murphy, I'm going to touch a lot of wood here, the way Murphy's been been managed, I think, has been excellent. Um, and, you know, for Hyde to come on and make a difference in, in the fact that he did, um, having not played a lot of minutes recently. Um, I think you're absolutely right. We're just so, so dangerous in so many so many ways you look at that bench and there's just option after option and he can adjust depending on how the game's going um we've been in a really lucky position that you know we're leading in so many games now but there will be a point where we're one nil down and we need to chase the game and and we can change it in in different ways so um the squad i think i tweeted it after the game i said what a team no actually what a squad we have this season because i think that's the biggest difference that i've seen for the, the past few years i think it's the best squad we've had in years.
1: And that that mentality, if that is how they are seeing it from within, that's got to be the way that keeps Jordan Maguire, Drew turning up. The guy can't get a kick. Sonny Blue Low Everton can't get a kick. He's not even in the squad. No. And we're in a position where, from the outside looking in, we've got a group of lads, a group of players that almost not that they don't mind. Of course they mind. They want to be playing, but there's that wider aspect of. doing this for the bigger picture and we know we'll get our chance
2: well i think you said it didn't you about particularly mcguire drew he is going to be important um and i actually bumped into charlie cooper when i was waiting to do the interview with jordan young and uh oh i sort of you know spoke to him about his injury of course and and he just said you know what and i'm sure you know there's a bit of telling he obviously wants to be out there he's like i'm enjoying watching us and that is the togetherness that they've got and i said you're going to be needed and he was like oh yeah i know i'll be needed um but in terms of what we're seeing on the pitch now, it's so enjoyable for them all to together. They're so together. Um, it's such a squad game. And if we are to to win promotion, it will be because of every player that, that Mark Cooper has signed. And they're all going to have to play a part, and um, and and you know the Weymouth game. I, again, I'm seeing a different side to us every time I I, I watch us play. Definitely. it wasn't a pretty performance. It couldn't be a pretty performance mm-hmm. in that in those kind of conditions against your local rivals. You know, we got the early goal, which we've done so many times, but you know they were always going to come out strong in the second half, and it was messy, and it was important that we we you know cleared our lines defensively we got a bit of luck they missed an open goal from about 3 yards out but we got the job done and and every time i see us at the moment we're adapting and we are we are so strong in so many different ways we don't just have one way of playing and i think that's what's super impressive because it wasn't it wasn't the best performance um but it was a hard fought victory and hard fought 3 points
1: Let's get into the footy then. Um, we've spoke about the need of an of an early start. We'd love an early start, and again, got another one. But I don't care who you are, Jordan Young cannot claim that goal. That's an Augie, sure. <laughs> obviously an Augie. There's no chance Jordan Young claiming that, right?
2: I mean, it's not on target, is it? It's just not. <laughs> it's a great ball in, don't get me wrong. It's a great ball in. And, you know, when you cause the defender to get on the end of it like that, it's because it's such a superb delivery. And he is unbelievable. But both Alex and I said straight away, there was an own goal. And and it certainly
1: was. (laughs) If there's a dubious goals panel at this level, that'll get scratched straight off. Cheshire own goal, I think it goes down. There's no question in my mind whatsoever. But it was, it was pinpoint. And it set the tone. It set the tone, didn't it? It was a game. I, I loved watching it on the stream. I really did because... There were a couple of players that stood out for me. I I, I sort of scribbled down a, a couple of things as it was all going on and I kept writing down three names. And so I'd like you to give me your top three and see how close we match.
2: Okay. I think my top three were Michael Smith, um, Jordan Young and Stevens. Same three. <laughs> yeah. Same three.
1: I love the- that. I noticed it twice in the first half, attacking the away end, where Stevens had migrated across to Young's side and they were becoming a little triangle. And I'm like, well, Stevens, you're a mile out of position. Michael Smith, you're about 20 f- feet further forward than you should be. He was I getting nosebleeds
2: all over the shot, Michael Smith.
1: Exactly. And I don't care one jot. Crack on, lads. Because it was little passes, little through balls. It was a, a, a ball into a corner because you just knew the run was going to be going on. Those three in particular really, really stood out for me. And the creativity of them just topped everything. Execution, potentially in some of the finishing, lacked. And we were no qualm about saying that. But the way those three were teaming up on the right-hand side at times was uh, football league level at a minimum.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and there were some decent challenges I thought coming in from the Weymouth players, but they just couldn't get near them. They yeah. could not get near them, and it was causing them havoc. And as you say, they were kind of swapping over in the end. There was no predictability in our in our play, which is so so good to see. And you know, honourable mention for Alex Whittle as well. I think actually, our both our fullbacks were excellent um, in that game and in a really difficult game that you know you had to be have your Pardon the pun. Wits about you in terms of hey. living <laughs> on the pitch, um, and yeah, we just we the only criticism that it was it was only one because yep. um, we had a, a number of chances that, that perhaps we could have put away. And and you know, Mark Cooper, being the perfectionist that he is, the first thing he said to me off air was like, "Oh, should've been three 0 up, shouldn't we?" As he did on on Saturday, um, but you know, it doesn't doesn't really matter when you get the victory.
1: No, no, it doesn't. On a, on another day against a better team, maybe we look back on that and think, okay, we could probably have done a little bit more there and just finished off these lovely moves because some of them were fantastic. What it was always going to become was a scrap.
3: Yeah.
4: When
1: Weymouth realised they couldn't get within touching distance, they had one tactic and that was just to make it a bit horrible. Yeah, And that was always going to come, I felt. Um but I uh, touching on what you said earlier, I liked the way we responded. Mm. We got ugly, and I think that was something that I hadn't necessarily seen massive of in the games I'd seen. Was when we lost, at, um, haven't and at Waterlooville. At no point did we make that game ugly.
3: Mm.
1: At no point did we just start kicking people and getting angry about it. We just kind. It was all too there, but they kicked us, so we gave them a bit back. Hours getting his foot stuck in. John Young having a little chirp at the ref on a couple of occasions, trying to get angry, trying to get sort of frustrated almost, but channeling it really well. And that is where Williams and Wannell oh, came into their own.
2: Absolutely, You
1: just were not getting a damn thing out of them, were you?
2: No, no. I mean, the way they have built that partnership in a relatively short space of time in terms of playing alongside each other um, is phenomenal I, it's just yeah, i mean you kind of got a ball playing center half and the old fashioned center half all in one in both of those players and that's what i really like about it because sometimes just get rid of it yeah. just get rid of it out the stadium i don't mind but sometimes there's some just, just really neat passages of play that set us on our on our way and it's just so good to watch and they have been brilliant and um one of particularly is is really really showing that he's perhaps one of the signings of the season so far yeah
1: Yeah, I I I cannot disagree with you I really can't Uh, one of the things that I think I noticed as the game was developing and I kind of had my trying to have a bit of a I was trying to enjoy it but it was impossible to enjoy it in 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 any way shape or form it was hell um but I loved it um (laughs) What I did notice, though, was that every time we did something to react to the way they were changing the game or vice versa, we then found something different. We found an answer to it. And actually, because we had outplayed them, so they changed their tack to kick lumps out of us, we then changed our attack to give them a bit of what they'd been giving us. And they just flattened for the back end of that first half. And we just wanted it more. That's the I keep coming back to it. The 50-50 challenges. We wanted it more. When they put a big tackle in, we just jumped over it, skipped on with it, and got the ball and took the throw in. Jake Wannell yeah. prevents an almost certain goal in the second half by knocking the ball out for a corner because he simply wanted that ball on the edge of the six yard box more than their striker did. It. it is that simple. And that is a team that is playing for confidence, playing with each other, just wanting every little bit of it, that bit more than their guy on the other side
2: yeah and i think there is a thing that we're aware that our squad is excellent in on paper that squad is the best in the division but like you look at the way we're playing and they are not arrogant enough to think they're not going to have to do the nasty stuff and the horrible defending and we've not always blown teams away and i i really like that we're not taking anything for granted um and that is the sign of a team that is working for each other and working for the final destination, which is hopefully promotion. But I just, I like that we're not taking anything for granted. We are battling for every point, every three points. Um, it's just really, really good to see. And, and they're full of of obviously confidence and, and so they should be. Um, but, we were always going to come at us and they probably knew that. And I'm sure Mark Cooper said that at half time where well, you didn't kill the game. So they're going to come at you and they're going to change it. And the two players that they brought on, I thought really impacted the game. They at least had a threat going forward, of which they had none in the first half. Um, I was quite impressed with how, how different they were in the second half, particularly attacking wise, certainly having way more possession than they yep. even had in the first half.
1: And they had, I, I, I would call it three proper chances. Calvin Brooks' header. I think he's got to be doing better. But even that, I, I I've watched it back. I don't think he wants it. <laughs> he goes up for the header and he doesn't go through the ball. You know what I mean? He kind of hangs there and the ball hits him. And what you want is you want your centre-back to rise and just go through the damn thing and make sure it goes in the direction you want it. He doesn't really do that. The open goal miss. Which is, by any stretch of any imagination, an absolute shocker yes. of all of all shockers. And then the one that Joe Day saves and then bounces out. And is it Toure mm, and Ronald yeah. Wanless gets the gets the ball out for a corner, but that's a genuine chance. Joe Day's on the floor. Toure's probably only got to get that above a lying down Joe Day, and it's a goal. Um, so they had three chances, and you touched on it already. We needed that little bit of luck. It goes our way. Um, but I guess part of me thinks we'd we'd kind of we'd earned that luck. And what I liked about when we were when we were defending for that awkward 20 minutes is I never felt never felt worried. When nice. I go back to games, I mean it's 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 wrong to compare this season to last season, it's apples and pears, but um every time Gateshead attacked when we were up at Gateshead, we knew they were going to score. Mm. Every time Weymouth came forward, we knew we'd probably be all right.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. And I I wonder as well, sometimes I think there was a bit of talk, oh, are they gonna get overall by the occasion? I actually think Weymouth were a bit overall by the occasion. Um First off, certainly. But, but yeah, the build up of the of the you know, the rivalry, um, that were both at this level again. And we just we used it to our advantage. Um and we're scoring at that end as well, which is yeah. lovely. And yeah. <laughs> you know, there's all these things that are being broken, and um, Joe Day in particular has made such a difference. And like you say, I think it is that confidence in that. You know, he he's he's got a fantastic save in him. He's strong. He's he's capable. Um, he plays the game at the end, right at the end there. Even before we score, he just holds on to the ball. It's just little things like that that are just seeing us over
1: over the line. Um, And there's there's a lot to be said. I don't know the ins and outs of the Weymouth squad, but I look at Joe Day, who's played seven million appearances for Newport, including big games at big moments, has got promoted with them, has done really well with them. I look at Michael Smith, who's done the Hibs Hearts Derby last year. That's not a quiet night at the library by anyone's standards. We've got players that have played big games, even within our group that played the playoffs against Barnett and have learned from those games and have played in the big games like Stevenage that got us Bournemouth in those big nights. And if you're walking out as Matt Worthington going, I know how to win in an environment like this. We did it against Stevenage. I know how to win in an environment like this. I've done the Hibs Hearts derby. There is a part of me that thinks that has to have played. And that look around and you look at your mate at right back and he's done Hibs Hearts last year. This is nothing to, to Michael Smith and that's got to fill you with a bunch of confidence. We've got players who have been there and done it.
2: How much did Matt Wellington want to get on the score sheet, by the way?
1: Oh, mate. He would have gone berserk. We'd have never found him. He'd have kept running. <laughs> We'd have never found him again.
2: You just, I mean, he's always, isn't he? He's always strong. He's always got that fight. But there's just that edge when he plays Weymouth. And no, he scored against them, didn't he? A couple of years ago. And he was shooting from distance. And I was thinking he wants that goal against them again.
1: <laughs> Oftentimes times I was thinking, pass it now, Matthew. Yeah. Sideways, sideways. No, not going to happen. Um, The second old goal does come. It is very, very late. It's pretty much the last kick of the game. But you called it on commentary really well to go back. It wasn't just about Jake Hyde. The work of Sonny Cox to keep the ball in, to get it down, to take a player on and to put Jake Hyde in perfectly on his right foot. Again, last minute of a game and a derby. No one has a qualm, by the way, if he goes and stands out in the corner. No one yeah. cares if he stands out in the corner for a minute. But that's not the way he's thinking. Let's kill this game off. Um, a word for Sonny Cox, his little cameo, and particularly that goal.
2: Oh, I thought he was electric when he when he came on. And again, that's two players that, what, have had a day training together? Because I don't know when Sonny Cox came in, but he's not, he's not been very well. Um <laughs> So to have that kind of relationship already, I mean, just pure raw talent, isn't it? Yeah. And everyone's been raving about Sonny, Sonny Cox. He has pace, he has um, direction, he reads the game really well. Um, and I thought he really made a difference. And it is when we'd soaked up the pressure, um, it was perfect time to to bring him on. And to be inside the box, I'm always so impressed with players that can just cut inside inside the box as if the defenders aren't there. And it just, it was just so brilliant to see. Um, And a word on Hyde as well. He does the nasty striker stuff so, so well. How many free kicks did he win? He's a great back to goal striker as well. And the way he turned just, I thought the build up was great. I thought the turn was great. And the finish, you know, it took took a little deflection.
1: He nearly loses it. Yeah. He nearly loses it. But he, his feet are quick. He gets it's big, big fella guy on his back. He nearly loses it, but he keeps it in control. It takes his deflection, but you, you've earned the right for that deflection to go in your way by getting the ball and making that chance. I loved it. I absolutely yeah, loved it. Absolutely. I jumped into the wife and I hurt her because I think she was wearing her glasses and it hurt her nose. But it's <laughs>
2: fine. It's fine. It's what we do. That's absolutely, absolutely fine. And do you know what? Those, those four strikers we've got—they're so different. Then that's just so brilliant. I mean, Jake Hyde and Steady Cox couldn't be more different in their approach and the way that they um, they go at defenders. And I think that's such a strength we have with our front line is yeah. that they're all so, so different.
1: Yeah. And and we're only 10 days, two weeks away from Alex Fisher being able to be in a squad as well. I mean, talk about embarrassment of riches. Geez, we've got some going forward, haven't we? Um, I think we're kind of wrapping up on Weymouth here. Any other points you'd like to make from... From a, a magical night under the lights at Hewish Park.
2: Just that it it did feel special. It felt really special. And I am seeing a happy Mark Cooper after the match. And that's
1: that's a great you, know, point.
2: you and I say we see we speak to him, don't we? Uh, you know, um off-air and he is very different anyway. But he's buoyant at the moment. And it was nice to be able to. So I'm not at the game on Saturday, but I really wanted to speak to him about his first year because that will be one year yep. since he's taken over. And it is in two very separate parts. And he just said, I'm loving it. And it was just so nice to see. And I, you know, if you just spoken to me, what, six months ago, I don't know. Would I say that Mark Cooper would have his own chance? I I just think it's fantastic, and uh, I've always thought he was the man. And I I just like that he's enjoying it as well, and and so he he should. And he was, uh, you know, checking he was like checking the other results, which is just asking me about the other results, which is great, just to see where we're at. And he's not getting carried away; he's calm, but he's smiling, which is just. He
1: He let his guard down for about half a second, didn't he, at the weekend, and then. In HP Source, you can see it. He just does it again. He's giving a nice little polite clap to the Thatchers, and then there's a double fist pump. <laughs> there's That double, come on. He lets his guard down for half a second. We're going to break him. We're going to break the man, I tell you. We're going to see the real Mark Cooper before too long. Right. That's Weymouth kind of taken care of here. Sheridan and I are going to talk Braintree and we're going to take your GCQs. But I'm now going to introduce a little chat that I had on Wednesday afternoon. Jumped on a Zoom call. Mark Robinson was there, commercial director of Yeovil Town and a whole host of guests. With regards to Saturday, where well, we, you, everybody, are going to paint the park pink.
4: going to win the one kid, please are gonna find me,
3: Shining like the sun, Winning every way.
1: No. goes Time now on the Glover's Cast for something very special indeed. I'm delighted to take an opportunity to welcome... Well, I've got a number of guests on the Glover's Cast ahead of Paint the Park Pink Day at Hughes Park on Saturday with the uh, visit of Braintree. And one of those guests is Town Commercial Director, Mark Robinson. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us this busy midweek. I was wondering, as a first port of call, could you introduce our guests to the listeners? Yeah,
5: thanks. thanks for having us, Ben. Um, we've got... Uh... Amy Phelps, who's the community fundraiser at the Oval Hospital Charity. Um, Max Patch, uh, again, community fundraiser uh, for the Musgrove Hospital. Um, Karina Parsons, who probably doesn't need much of an introduction to the YTFC fans. She's a seems to get older there for 40, 40 plus years, um, a volunteer uh, fundraiser for the charity, and and was diagnosed with breast cancer five years ago. We've been quite instrumental in um, getting
1: the day up and going. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing all of you guys' stories. Thank you so much for all taking the time to to have a little chat with us here and, and look ahead to, to the weekend's game and uh, painting the park pink uh, at the weekend. Uh, forgive me if I look backwards for a minute or two before I look forwards. Uh, Mark and Karina, actually, for that matter, after a little bit of our off-air chat, it would be remiss of me not to have a word about Tuesday night. A record-breaking crowd, a ninth Win in a row across league and FA Cup. Um, Mark, start with you from your perspectives from within the walls of Hewish Park. How much was it organized chaos, and how much did you enjoy it?
5: I actually loved it. I've got to say, seeing that fact stand, that, that's the most compact I've ever seen it. Um, even taking the the Bournemouth game into consideration, when we had eight thousand in there, um, last night was just magic. Beating Weymouth, um, having that support, breaking the uh. The record for for the crowd and the attendance in the league. It was a it was one of the focal points for me this year. Um, I, I suggested to Martin and the team, can we can we leave a legacy in the league if and when we get promoted, that we're going to break the record. Um, a few people laughed and, and when I when I explained to them how much it was, but it was an absolute reality check when they Rob Rob Baker come in the office. At, um, I think it's about half ten yesterday morning and said. Do you know what? This is a reality, boys. We could be in here. He, he, and he's, he's not the most positive person. He won't mind me saying that. He likes to play things down at times and keep a level head in the office, but he come in and goes, yeah, I'll take it all back, boys. We're going to do it. Um, but the phone, uh, no word of a lie. My phone was red hot from Monday lunchtime onwards. People people coming out the woodwork, can I get a ticket? Any comps going, I want to come. Um, yeah, it was magic. and. For the boys to turn up and get it nine on the bounce um, and win in just the icing on the cake because the the whole town's come together for that. They're playing great football at the minute. It's a completely different kettle of fish back in the office nowadays. Um, and the momentum, it's all about momentum now. It's just let's keep the snowball rolling and see where we are come February, March. And hopefully we can be right in the mix. Um, but yeah, it wasn't organised chaos because... We're, we're wired up and ready for this sort of thing, you know. We, we, we're prepared. We, believe it or not, we do prepare. But, yeah, it's quite frightening to think we're going to have that sort of number within that 24-hour window The transform to get to gate to 6,000. is incredible. And credit to the guys which come out is brilliant.
1: With Saturday on our minds then, I guess, Corinne, if I could come to you then. You were there last night as well. You were in, in those halls at Hewish Park as well yourself. It could be. It could be a real springboard. An amazing feeling around the club, a huge derby victory, a springboard towards Saturday. And if you don't mind, could you tell us your amazing little story? You spoke to me before, just about, oh, yeah. before we went on air. Tell me a little story about what you came up with in the uh, in the boardroom.
4: OK, so uh, last night was just, I'm still buzzing now. And good job you can't see me through it because I'm struggling today. But absolutely amazing. The atmosphere all the way around and things, I've got to say, Mark, they ran smoothly you're all prepared, you would never have, yeah, it was packed it was full but everything just went flow and it was wonderful so last night my little um, grandson was with me and we went early and Mark said we had these leaflets down and he said oh what might maybe you go around and take some leaflets around so we had our pink t-shirts on ready our shirts ready for Saturday and so we went in the uh, various rooms etc and he knocked on the doors and said excuse me you know would you like one of these leaflets and oh yes please come in so we went to the boardroom and I was chatting to some people and I turned around bless him he was talking to the board and the chair of Weymouth and he was telling them how, you know, he plays for the end of nine, and they were chatting and we love your shirt and different things and then he said, Nana, he said, those people, they're very kind, they've just given me some money and they said, you give this to Neil Nana to put in the, t- the pot because unfortunately we won't be here on Saturday but we wish you all the very best because we're from Weymouth and he said, I've got two people gave me two £10 notes each and the other two gave me two £30 he said for the pot. <laughs> And that was just amazing. And that was just the start of our start of our evening. But it was wonderful. So thank you. Thank you, Waymer. Amazing. Wonderful. Love. I love
1: hearing that story. Yeah, bring, it was. Let me bring Amy and, and Max in here a little bit, because we're, we're obviously looking forward to the weekend's action. I, I want to bring it back. When did this conversation, Amy, let me let me start with you. When did this conversation of anything like this first start to come in? When was the first conversation of can we do something special?
3: I think it was about four or five weeks ago um, I wasn't initially invited to the meeting but um, because they wanted me to be involved they said i oh, come along to the meeting um, didn't know what I was going into to be honest had no idea just Karina was like oh yeah come along um, and just thought it was a fantastic idea from the start so yeah it was, it's been great to be involved and yeah we're all really looking forward to Saturday.
1: That feels like quite a quick turnaround to arrange yeah. something <laughs> of this nature um Max, let me bring you in here for the first time. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, between yourself, Amy, Karina, I know in your email, Amy, you said Karina has been absolutely uh, fantastic oh. and instrumental to making this work. Yeah,
3: absolutely, yeah.
1: What about what are the logistics, Max, of trying to put together an event of this nature?
0: Well, firstly, Paul, thank you for having me. I um, appreciate, you know, being invited down. But um, the logistics really are kind of working with Mark and, and kind of the... Football club to try and make sure, firstly, everything's safe, everything can be run as smoothly as possible. Um, and then it's just how can we make donations? How can we receive kind of make it a festival feel? How can we kind of make as much donations on the day? Um, so for us, it's kind of drafting in volunteers that kind of want to obviously watch the game, but obviously want to give to the charities as well. Um, making an option for people that can't attend the game, so like a just giving link. Um, and kind of putting that away around everywhere. It's kind of <clears throat> using social media to its best kind of capacity. So if you've followed any of the three pages, we've kind of like really hyped up the game and kind of shared everything and had kind of, because we've got three different charities, all three of those charities are all seeing off the same hymn sheet. So it's consistency, it's pink, it's a lot of kind of good words and and hopefully good vibes really. So
5: if, um, if we can go back, back to pre-Amy, um...
1: Absolutely, I do. Yeah, yeah. Go on, pink. Tell us, yeah. Um, tell us how how those first yeah. conversations took place? So, to
5: the probably first week of September. Yeah. Um, I just have to be just have to be sat at home watching the TV an advert come on for Breast Cancer Awareness Day on the twentieth of October, um, and wear it pink. And we just, I just sat there late at night never shutting off i just literally thought "Hmm, i wonder what if so uh i've gone back into the office bounced a couple of ideas off a few people in the office and said what do you think is it possible could we do something like this um i've seen it i've seen it done with glenn mcgrath in australia with a cricket where the whole community comes together and makes it all pink and i thought i don't think i've ever seen it done at football and and into that level so um i thought what a great opportunity Um, we want to we want to always talk about being a community club, wanting to bring the community together. So I sat down with Martin, um, yeah. sat down with with Kirsty and the guys in the office and said, is it doable? Is it achievable? Are we barking at the right tree? Are we going to get laughed at? Are the FA going to let us change our kit, for mm. instance? Are all factors we needed to take into consideration? Um, and, and Martin, fair play to him, he's literally been 120% supportive of this. Um, and to have that back in from your, your boss, your owner, your colleague, is fantastic. So I then approached Karina and said, look, we've worked together in the past. The, the football club's always supporting the charity. Um, she's always trying to do bucket collections and support the charity for the great cause. And I mentioned it to her and she was like blown away. And um, ironically, it all coincided with, I didn't want to dress the lads up in pink for the Weymouth game because... Yeah, it could have ended in tears. So
3: um,
5: I didn't want to put the pressure on that. So we picked the most sensible date, and and I think it's worth mentioning that, it, and it all coincided with um, Karina's five-year clearance from hopefully, fingers crossed, stopping medication mm-hmm. for cancer. So it all just felt right at that point, and we just then uh, then took it up and notch, brought in Amy and Max and uh, James, who's the uh, the lead down there, and said. We have got this idea. We want to try and support you guys. What do you think? And yeah, we all sat around the table one afternoon, did some brainstorming, and thought, "Yeah, let's go for it." Got the kit all sorted. um had it locked in a drawer for probably oh. two, weeks so nobody saw it in
4: um, a grey bag, <laughs> carried around <laughs>
5: yeah, in a in a grey plastic bag, locked away, because um, we needed to. We couldn't get too excited. Oh. We needed to get the sign off from National League and from the FA. And credit where credit due. I think it took him about seven to eight minutes to reply to Curtis's email and say we're fully supportive, change the kit for one day. Um, let's get behind it and, and and give us green light. So we are where we are now. Um, yeah. On, on, on effectively the eve of the game now. So it's uh, it's been a, been a hell of a hell of a uh, few weeks. Um, okay. to be able to then offer it to the, the fans to, to purchase the tops as well is um, is a massive bonus.
4: I think I've lived at the club ever since. Yeah, you're there every day, Karina, aren't you? <laughs> but it, it's it's worked, and if you, we look back to when we really had to keep it under wraps and just you know chat and different ideas, and then once we got the green light, and like you say, the the, the backing and support from from Martin, and everything, it's just been full steam ahead, and every day things change and just go forward. But the the community and the support, you you guys, have just been amazing. Thank you.
1: Can I, can I ask? Because even in the short time we've been chatting, this feels incredibly personal to you and to hear Mark and, and, and Amy and Max talk so highly of you. Um, why tell, tell us why Yeovil needs this facility and what reaching that target will provide. We know that there's plans ongoing. We know that the shovels in the grounds and bits and pieces. What is the end goal here? What does it provide the community?
4: So uh, basically, with how it first started, I think it was in the process for some time. People were discussing, you know, we needed a new, you know, dedicated unit specifically. and uh, so it was probably four and a half years ago when this all started. There was a small group of people that used to go, like, to a well a well being group linked that had had breast cancer, and from that, basically, the the volunteers they uh, formed a group, and so we literally moved forward. And from that, but uh, from my own personal views, I was um, seen at Yeovil and also at Taunton, so I would go between the two places. But having a dedicated unit in Yeovil personally obviously means so much to me but for the general public and for future times looking forward as well all under one hub as I'd say one umbrella together and we like to say we took the guys around the hospital and and yourself Mark you did the walk you know what it's like to go from one place to another because at the moment you're seen in the I still call it the maternity unit but it's it's the women's unit and as you um, appreciate men as well get breast cancer and it's not appropriate building to go into when you've got young mums families you may have someone just been given some very sad news someone may have lost their hair you know having a dedicated unit all under one umbrella so the consultants the radiographers you know consultants rooms changing At the present time you don't know where you're going to be seen so therefore you could be in one building you could be having a scan and then sorry you have to get changed you have to go somewhere else the time we are going backwards and forwards they've worked together the staff themselves are amazing they all get on so well and we really are very privileged and lucky and the patients that have been seen at hospital all say the same thing Gosh, they're such a smashing bunch they're really nice very support won't it be lovely what's missing is this dedicated unit so i was asked by mark to uh, contact some people to put their stories and things in the program that's coming out on saturday so whether it be volunteers it might cancer patients what's interesting what's came back is Every one of them has said how much this new unit will mean for future times for people, because they've been on that journey. They know they've done that walk. They've been from one building to the other. So it will just mean so much to Yeovil and the surrounding areas to have this building. Yeovil should be extremely proud, I think, and surrounding areas of what's been achieved by, you know, the general public has been fantastic. To
5: walk around that walk with... Amy and the, and the guys there, it was it was a pretty long morning to go from building to building, place to mm-hmm. place. Um, so I can imagine it from a physical point of view, but mentally I, I couldn't imagine what anybody has to go through. You're, you're probably at your most vulnerable if, um, at the time, um, anxious, not sure what you're going to be told next time you go to a different room. Um, millions of thoughts that could go through your head um, as you're taking them steps. I guess it's quite... Brightening and daunting. Um, Mm
4: -hmm. I think it is, Mark. I think the other thing as well is like you saw how busy it was, the people you're passing. And if you're suddenly seen, you know, being seen by someone, then you suddenly get told. And also the nurses or whatever would, you know, come with you. They were then, that's their time as well, where they could be elsewhere seeing people. Whereas now, when this new building is built and up and running, you will go specifically there and everything will run. You know where you're going to be seen. You're all with the patients together there. Whereas at the moment, like you say, you went to that maternity unit, you know, the, the women's hospital. And as you walk through the door, you're thinking, where am I going you 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 actually saw people there that were expecting they had young children, some people it's just not you know not practical at all, so this will just mean so much
1: Amy, can I just bring you in here because i've I've had a look at the just giving page as it stands and uh, yeah original target was two million, but obviously a huge rise in in costs and uh, yep. sort of getting things going has has had to push that target up ever so slightly two point five yep. I've seen on the little graph on there um. But currently, at time of recording, two million four hundred and sixty-six thousand seven hundred and eighty-six. I wonder if you could just say a couple of words about the effort that's already gone in. And I'm looking at some of the um, donations here: people running marathons and Iron Man, yeah. uh, half marathons. Yep. <laughs> The entire project has been a long time coming and there are lots of amazing stories about the fundraising process. Just just shed a little light on that for us, please.
3: Um, Yeah, so um, the appeal was launched in 2019. And I think ever since then, the community have really come together, um, whether it be people that have gone through birth council or have family members or just wanting to support the unit. But yeah, like you said, um, lots of people doing half marathons, um, London Marathon, um, I think it, uh, one of the first fundraisers was a calendar, which Karina was involved with, which was like a calendar girls kind of calendar, um, which was great. Um, we've had people um, shave their head. Um, obviously, lots of bucket collections on in that time, um, cycle rides. So, we've had Cycle 42 have supported us for the last six years, I think it is. Um, We have an sale every year where people will choose the Breast Appeal for that. Um, The Santa Dash has has supported us. Um, People have done skydives, wing walks. Um, Honestly, it's endless the amount of things that people have done. And um, and our dedicated group of volunteers, our fundraising volunteers, they've worked tirelessly, I can't speak today, um, since the appeal began. And they worked so hard. um, And it's just, yeah, we're just very thankful. And it's like, it's great to be very, very close to that target. Hopefully, Saturday, we'll get there
4: and it will be a great day.
1: (laughs) That would be amazing. That would really be amazing. Karina, jump in.
4: But I just say, when you were saying about kicking off, uh, maybe you're right with the calendar, and I I truly believe that took us, well, myself personally, out of our comfort zone. That was a (laughs) different... Um, And that was amazing. So that was really the thing that the small group of us then at time got together and we kicked off and that has got us through because that bond that we formed then with the small group of volunteers has taken us through the four and a half years and to where we are today and the various people within that have then gone away and done their own fundraising at various events you know um and organizations that they belong to and then you know chose us as their charity for the year so i truthfully believe that that calendar was an amazing thing to do at the time we were literally oh i don't know about that and i gotta say i think it was a tasty calendar <laughs> and men and took part in it as well which is yeah. good. but that certainly was the thing that carried us through and everybody else. And like private people, like you've just mentioned, which is very kind of cancer touched, you know, so many people and they've all done their own individual way of trying to give something back to the hospital. But uh, yeah, they've done really well, but the calendar was definitely there. Yeah. Thing.
1: <laughs> Max, can I just ask you what it might mean then to have, well, I hear all these stories and we've just heard loads of little examples But when you have, and I mean this with no disrespect to any other supporters or any other clubs in the the area, Somerset's premier football club, full-time, the history it's had, when you have the support of the football club, Mark Carina, Martin Hellier, et cetera, et cetera, what does it mean to have that significant a unit behind you when it comes to a fundraising effort like this?
0: It's it's worth his weight in gold, to be fair. It's having such a, a big club, with such a big history and obviously being in the championship for a season, I mean, the the heights they reach and then the following they have, um, it's kind of, it's amazing because what it might mean kind of past the fixture is that people might still want to work and fundraise for both charities. So it gives us a a platform, not just to reach the target that we've set for Saturday, but like Mark said, have a legacy to work with the club kind of going forward, but even kind of aside from that, having that kind of, Exposure to everyone that follows the Yoba the Town page. So they you know people might not know about the, the free charities that we that we work for, people might might not know that you can volunteer for us, people might not know the different ways that they can fundraise. So you know, reading the program on Saturday, having the exposure of kind of that the club has given us is, is amazing. And you know, we're so so grateful that they've decided to do this picture. Um, because it's like I say, it's gonna work for just hopefully achieving the target that we set and then so much so much more so yeah it's been great
4: just saying about the volunteering and the, uh, the coming forward which has been we've worked a lot with um leonardo's and they obviously the young apprentices uh, extremely wonderful bunch of people absolutely lovely and they thoroughly i thoroughly enjoyed working with them over the period of time they enjoyed it that much that some of them have actually said, We're going to miss not working with you guys and doing what they can eventually do. And uh, even on Saturday, I know one of the ladies that was then obviously no longer an, an apprentice, um, she's joining us. So that speaks for itself, I think, that they have a great time. They love giving something to the community and still want to, even though the the new apprentices for volunteer, year take on another charity, they then come forward and said, you know. I'd love to keep this going. So that's really nice. So it works, like you say, with the volunteer and keep them going. Mark,
1: if it's all right, I'd like to bring it back to the football club because in this process and as you've, uh, after announcing the fixture was taking place, we've heard stories. Um, I went back through and and from within the club, I've heard really emotional chats with Josh Staunton and Chris Todd in particular Mm. about the experiences that he's gone through. It feels like a project that's become very personal to individuals within the club as well.
5: They have, yeah. So um, again, before before I spoke to Karina, I sat down with um, Josh, as spokesman for the team, and said, "Is it okay if we suggest dressing you in pink and explain to him the reasons why?" And, on oh my word, he's yeah. He, he straight away he said, "Absolutely." Um, I know Josh has, like you say, Josh and um, Chris Todd have been affected. Um, Chris directly, um, Josh indirectly with his best mate and biggest fan um, sadly passed away with cancer. Um, and then shortly after his mate's passing, um, his mate's wife passed away uh, with cancer. And I know I know, uh, Josh's future mother-in-law um, passed away as well. So it's, it's really personal indeed. It's, it's, a, it's a disease or an illness that affects so many. Um, directly or indirectly. And I think that's the key message. It's a game of football Saturday. We want to get 10 wins on the trot, don't get me wrong. Um, I'm all for that. I really want to get that momentum going, but fundamentally as well, it's, it's about the bigger message, the bigger message. It's uh, a community coming together. It's about an illness that affects so many. Um, and we want to celebrate, celebrate the people who like Chris, like Karina, hopefully, getting well when kind of releases the medication and stops medications people who have been on a journey um they have battled their own battle won their battle um it's a celebration for them it's a moment to reflect and remember people who, who unfortunately are unfortunately not with us anymore due to the due to um, cancers um but also a show of support and hope for for people who are going to be in that stadium and i know I know closely with a sponsor I deal with who, who approached me literally mm-hmm. only yesterday and said um, he lost his mum to breast cancer and sadly a week ago his partner's been um, diagnosed with breast cancer so they're going to be there Saturday and it's it's a show of support and hope to people like that who are going on their journey, they might feel alone, they might feel there's not a lot going for them and, and a quite daunting journey but they've got the support of all those people in that stadium wearing pink giving them a drive and a, a fresh impetus to, to say, look, it might feel pretty bad right now, but it's hope. Um I think eighty percent of cancers are cured if you get it early enough. So if we can educate and make awareness for people to just get themselves checked out, be brave, be bold, say it doesn't feel right, or you gotta be honest with yourself and say, let's go to the doctor to get checks, um, get it done early enough, because the earlier you get it, um, the better situation you're in. So it's a celebration of Everybody who's affected, like I say, it affects so many, but we touched on it earlier on. It's personal to us as a football club because it's affected the community. The community has been a big part of this. I fully appreciate we're coming in at the 12th hour. There's been £2,466,786 already raised. Um, It's a celebration for people like Pauline who held a gin night to raise money. Mandy who knits loads of little toys and makes key rings. George and Jack who've cycled miles on their bikes. Um, people out sailing down the, the hospital, running marathons, selling cakes, doing their little bit. It's a celebration for them guys who have got the town, the hospital, the charity to this level. We just want to give it a little push over the edge and say, right, let's just draw a line under it, get it, get them funds raised, get the building built, get a new legacy in place that will affect lives for years to come um, and get that unit and that standalone building done and dusted um and move on to the next next thing we can do to um help, help in the healthcare sector. definitely
1: i was I, I, I something you mentioned there about sponsors just sort of triggered my mind as to much as it's great that there's going to be lots of people there and everyone's going to be doing individual bits but actually you reminded me of the clip of tim jiles uh, tim charles sorry and his mum from howard's uh, virtue mm. holding the pink coffee morning um, the Terrace, I've got a pink mug with proceeds uh, and charity. It's not just about individuals. You've got people that are important to Yeovil Town now being important to the Yeovil community and the wider picture, haven't you, Mark?
5: We have, yeah. I've got a little note on my page to mention the guys at the Terrace. I know you're a massive fan of them, guys. And Carl up at the Terrace is approaching and said, look, we've got this new kit. Can you design it and get one out for us? Um, and then we started to negotiate a potential return for the charity. Um, and he said, you know what? I'll devote it all back. Every mug we sell, we'll give to the charity mm. for you. Um, and that's, that's what everyone's been like. It's not, it's not commercial initiative. It's not a polish egos or say, look at us or anything like that. It is literally hand on heart, a commitment to the community to make a difference um, and, and to unite and bring the whole town together. Um, so yeah, there's gonna be little pink merchandise on the day. Um, please don't look at it and go "Oh, the club are making money on this it's not it's it's ideas and initiatives and support by by our sponsors by our suppliers to say look we can't be with you that day but here's a contribution for bubble hats baseball caps um special pink pint pots for the day um sell them make some money for the charity um and make a difference so yeah it's not it's 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 really humbling and, and, and makes you feel so warm inside to know that humanity is still there. People do still yes. care, people still wanna support, yeah. they're not they're not um looking for cloak and daggers or mirrors or trapdoors anymore. It is do you know what? Great idea, let's support it. It's gonna make a massive difference and and yeah, you never know, you might somebody in your family or network might need this in time. And if we can, yeah. we can get it over the line, um it stands to me in good stead for it, definitely.
4: When people literally say, What can I do? How can I help? How can I get involved? What would you like me to do? Like you say, my phone never stops ringing. There's texts, there's people saying, You know, it's fantastic. Besides wanting to come to the game and, and take part and enjoy everything, uh, you know, how can I, I? I'll come and help. Would you like me to sell programs? I'm, I'm happy to sell mugs, you know, friends, people I know are always got the close connection of people that always come and help support whatever I do. I wouldn't even have to ask them they come forward. But so many people I've been this morning to collect some things from an old lady. She's she's 80 something, literally. And she's like, Karina, I've knitted this and I've done you know and I'm like, I want to get down there. And then I've collected something else. The phone people have just been so, so kind and generosity. Amazing.
1: Incredible. Amy, um without wishing to make Karina blush too much, how important <laughs> are volunteers like Karina and 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 others that not just this charity but basically make everything like this tick but particularly the ones that have helped in these projects
3: um we wouldn't be able to do it without them if it was just our small fundraising team we would not be getting we would obviously have people that would fundraise for us but having our dedicated volunteers that help us at our events that we organize and organize our own events like that brings in so much money for the appeal and the charity as a whole. Um, and like again, like on Saturday, it isn't just the, the, the fundraising group for the Breast Appeal that's volunteering, it's it's our wider community of volunteers that are that are volunteering and some are not, they don't, they're coming just to watch the match to support. Like we we wouldn't be where we are now without them. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: Let's 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 have a little word on Saturday then. I've been looking through the list of all the bits and pieces that you've got going on. Um Max, are you going for the face painting or the hog roast? Hog roast. I'll, I'll be the hog roast, I think. Hog roast. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. I think it's like a um, hair braiding, to be honest, mate.
1: Okay, yeah, fine, yeah, yeah
0: fine, if, good. If I, <laughs> if I had enough hair to do that, I probably would. But...
1: <laughs> Mark, how's your how's your football freestyling?
5: Oh, mate. Got a little step over yeah. in you? It's going to be epic i've got special special pool boots for
1: it nice amy i've got you nailed on for a go on the inflatable courses
3: oh of course yeah. I, i'm I'm, in the, I'm the first one there I'm first in the queue
1: <laughs> and karina it sounds like you're going to be the one running around like a mad march here, getting everything organized and stuff please tell me you're going to have a minute to sit back and relax and actually enjoy some part of saturday please
4: I am most certainly the football <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's when my bottom's gonna be on, on my seat with my family and uh, also I've got another t- ticket as well so I will be sitting with the um the supporters you know and the volunteers and everything but yeah no I think we are we're, we're there we're organized I've done many events in the past and it's all just runs and when you work with similar sort of people they know what they do and then and we get on so well together i am sure and with the support from the football club because that all just runs wonderfully as well so i think it's going to be an amazing day mark
1: i want to ask a question about cider space behind that home stand obviously a huge positive just as the season or overall is the introduction of the cider space and the band area and all the rest of it um does the success of that in the opening couple of months of the season make having an event like this even better and are you going to be able to spill the beans as to anyone that might be available on our stages yeah I'd say, oh, give, um, us something. give us something
5: i'll tell you what, the, the, the the impact the cyberspace has had has been incredible incredible it's um we we've we put in a collective a lot of effort into transforming the stadium transforming the facility um impacting the conference center and and taking it to a next level but the side of space encompasses how the football club has transformed in the summer and made it a venue to be at, rather than a match to be at. So, the the idea when it when it was first, I, I said to Martin about making the behind the factories area an Ascot esque appeal with food outlets, drink, um, decorations, picnic benches, um, tarmac, fresh tarmac with Astro turf. And, and then when he said about putting a stage in for bands, I was like, I did raise an eyebrow, but yeah, it's, 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 it's gold. It's gold. People want to be there. People want to be there from 12 o'clock and come down, listen to local bands, canvas their music, create an atmosphere, create a, like I say, a venue, a venue to be at. Um, it's not just about the football anymore. It's about enjoying your day out, having, having the roast, having a burger, having a pint of Thatcher's and um, enjoying your day, enjoying your day. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's made, it, it's made it a massive um, massive draw, because like you touched on there, um, we're able to hold an event from the gate, so to run through the format of the day, you'll arrive at the Jewish Park, you'll come in, you've got the opportunity to do your bouncing, and go past Amy on there doing her um, inflatable challenges, <laughs> and um, go into the face painting. Um, we're going to have Nuffield Health down there doing blood pressure checks and, and educating people around checking and awarenesses and then you're going to come down to the 3G pitch. You're going to have um, the the Youngtown Ladies and the uh, Performance Centre and the Under team down there doing. It's literally just, just a turn up. If you want to go, if you want to get down there, Ben, and go crossbar challenge or top bins, don't do it. You can. You don't have to wear football boots. You can just be in jeans, um, Anorak, trainers, high heels if you want to, and just do it. Um, it's about encompassing everybody into being part of the day. Um, We've got a couple of the under 18s who are going to be the street entertainers with the freestylers, and they are brilliant. They've they've done it throughout our dementia cafe. Mm. They're mesmerising to watch. They are good lads. They've got good skills. So all credit to them, lad, um, that they don't drop the ball on that on a day. Um, and then into the side of space, so you're going to the side space. We've got um, we've got a band on. Um, we've got
1: a couple of bands on
5: uh, playing music, live music. Uh, one
1: local. You aren't going to say the name, are you, Mark? Oh, I won't in a minute. going to say the name, right are <laughs> <laughs> <Stay with me>. you?
5: <laughs> yeah. So we're um, we've got the bands, we've got the beers, we've got the enjoyment factor, um, but also, yeah, we've we've reached out and contacted Sarah Beanie, made it the pink Sarah's pink and black, uh, Glovers, um, as you refer to Monday, and yeah, I think everybody anybody who doesn't know, obviously, she is a property goddess. Um, great program locally done a lot for the local, um, on channel four. And yeah, she's been on her own journey. So she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And at the time the family come together, Graham and the boys, and they created a band called the Entitled Sons. And they actually wrote a song, um, for Sarah, which, uh, we're going to put them on the pitch at halftime and do a live performance. The words are going to be, um, published in the program. Put on the big screen and what we want from that is to bring everybody together have a sing song with them a bit of fun at half time um and again like i say just strike that nerve and that chord with that song and the meaning of the song the words if you listen to it the words what they mean um so yeah to, to have that support of sarah and the boys is, is brilliant because yeah it it widens our widens our community and shows that it can affect anybody no matter what you're what you've done in life, where you are in life, it's it's a leveler, it is.
1: Oh, I wish I was there. I wish oh, I was nice. miles away. Good. Sounds like a great day. You
5: can jump in the car, get there for eleven thirty, mate. That's oh, when it's all started. Oh, it. this is,
1: this sound, what a day. Um, yeah. I I kind of want to touch on the kit actually because I don't feel like we've given that, But I I don't recall ever seeing Oval change to their away kit at home. If you know what I mean, it feels like a really momentous, like a really big point in this whole thing is that green and white is not going to be the colour of Town for one special day, and that is represented. <coughs> I'm looking forward to seeing whether it's Staunton as the skipper or Matty Worthington as the skipper, leading out this pink and black army. Um, Whoever wants to jump in, jump in here. When we said, when you first thought, can we get the green and whites in pink and blacks? Who 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 came up with this? How did it first happen? And what was the reception of the lads when you showed them this bright, beautiful pink, they,
5: um, they were, well, they're really supportive of it because of the meaning, because of the message. Uh, <laughs> style goes out the window. Luckily, we've been lucky enough to be able to design a style. I think it's a stylish kit. Um, mm-hmm. It's outlandish. It's it's out there. It's bright um, and it says its message. So it's pink and pink and black hoops. So a little touch on the previous time we were hoops. Um, yeah, the shorts are black, socks are pink. Um, the corner flags are going to be pink. Um, program's going to be pink. There's not. You won't know where the glove is. The scoreboard's going to change to pink. Um, yeah, the green and white's gone for one day, one day only, but we'll be back for the 11th win the week after.
1: Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I've got mine ordered. It's en route. I'm hoping it'll be here before Saturday. I, I really am. Um, this this podcast has championed the community aspect of the Ovaltown Football Club so many times the Community Sports Trust in its former guys. how we are currently working now, the work that you do, Mark, with the Dementia Cafe, and the fact that every time something has come up, come up Town fans have responded time and time again, whether it is uh, charity fundraising, whether it is awareness of mental health when Marcus Stewart was diagnosed with MND. Mm-hmm. You know, time and time again, Town fans stand up to be counted. A- Amy, Max, so I was wondering, as not necessarily outsiders, that's the wrong way of putting it, possibly, but <laughs> as someone who is looking at this from outside the club and joining this club along its little path now, Yoval Hospital has always had a connection. The Christmas turn up, we always turn up, and the players always give the kids out parties and stuff. Does this strengthen the bond between club, community, and local charity in good Causes?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Max... <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's,
0: uh, it's, I mean, I can't see of any way it wouldn't. Um, so, I mean, just the way that this kind of weekend is, is shaping up should set a relationship that's going to keep going for for a long, long time. Well, that's that's the hope anyway. But yeah, it's been
1: amazing. Yeah. And from you two that are within the walls of Hewish Park on a very regular basis, you've touched on legacy already, Mark. Karina, may, maybe I can come to you on this, really regardless of how amazing saturday is and we kind of know it is going to be amazing in all its entirety what do you hope the next six months years two years five years looks for looks like between the football club and its local community when it comes to raising money for good causes
4: i think straight away there's always been that connection that that bond and support and you've been various things in the past i've said you know gone to the club and said you know you may be able to can you help me with you know various whatever um and i i look back to when we see during covid times as well when i was trying to do raffles various things i'm saying to the guys any chance you might be able to do sort of tickets merchandise whatever it's always been that that connection there they have been amazing there's i don't think to be honest i've ever asked anything you know that they said no sorry guys you know we can't so i can see that definitely continuing and the work there and, and you know looking further well, the buildings up and running i mean i enjoy the day i went to the dementia cafe um mark uh, mandy makes these lovely key rings etc and mark said wouldn't that be nice to you know for the dementia people and carers that come to the, the cafe and we went along and I had such a wonderful time and I thought this is lovely this is something I'd like to to get involved with you know at a later date when I've we've finished a bit with this and then and moving <laughs> on and things so I think there's things that you can definitely build on um, and and work and keep this going but without a doubt absolutely amazing support we've had so thank you
1: what have you made of the reaction, Mark, of the Town supporters to not just the announcement of the Pink Day, but everything that's come with it—the kit and all the rest of it? How have you felt from talking individually to supporters or groups of supporters?
5: Uh, proud as punch, mate. You know, if I'm honest, um, if there's one thing in my time at the club, I've learned, and and it, and Karina's touched on it there. Uh, we go back to when I joined in 2020, and uh, we we were then hit with the COVID. Um, the the, the supporters come together with the crowdfunding, kept the club alive um, when, Lee, when, when Lee passed and um, I, I was lucky enough to go with Alex on the bike ride. Um, it's, yeah, it's incredible how he can support mine that time. Um, they all come together and supported Marcus when he, when he made his announcement. We, we, again, we took out the option and supported Marcus as well. And on that point, anybody who's at a loose end Friday afternoon, um, Marcus's uncle's on his charity bike ride at the moment, they're due to arrive at Hewish at um, 2.45, three o'clock on Friday afternoon. They're going to come in for a, a, a refreshment stop. So if anybody wants to go support and, and welcome them in, please do that, because it's as, as in lived, lived, um, lived on one of those bike rides, it's a soul destroying time at times, you have your lows, but to come into a football ground and be welcomed by people Fresh flapjack, cake, tea, coffee—it gives you a boost. So, anybody that lose Sam Friday, please get yourself down to Hewish and welcome him in. Nice. Um, and then, and then again, when we announce this, that uh, everyone's come together, and I, I, I hope, I really do hope that um, we do continue to do that. Uh, we're trying hard within the four walls to appreciate that and get the message across that a football club is not just about ninety minutes of football on the pitch every uh, Saturday, Tuesday. It's about the community is, community is one of those words. Everyone wants to be a community club, but you can't just brand it as a community club. You have to actually be active and actually go out there, reach out, be active with with schools, with community from newborns to 70s, 80s. In your latter years of life, Is it, the community is a wide spectrum and and we need to be the hub in that community. And doing, doing um, days like uh, Saturday is what it's all about, supporting local charities giving them the uh, the coverage they need to raise awareness and and, and impetus for people to to support is, is, is what it's all about and I hope I hope everybody's not got their hangovers from Tuesday night um, I hope everybody can come out and support it make a difference for the day um, the big message for me is to I really want this to be a like Tuesday night where people are talking about this in years to come and say I was there it's an I, I was where there moment I was there when the park turned pink. Um, I was there when we, we helped get the the, the building um, funding across the line. Um, yeah, come and support the club, come and support the, the town, come and support these guys who who live it 24 seven, 24 seven, always thinking of how they can come up with new ideas for fundraising. It's, it's a tough gig, especially in this day and age and economic um, time. Uh, it's tough, it's tough. So um, give them support, give them the push give it a celebration and um, yeah, come together like we, we know only Yeovil fan base can come together because when we do it, my God, we do it amazingly.
4: I just picked up on, on that what you were saying, Mark, obviously spending a lot of time with yourself and people at the club. Um, I can personally see you're running a club, it's a football club, but how much you've taken on within the four walls of doing for this the charity and for working towards Pink Day. You know, it was from ordering the, you know, the the items, the merchandise, to sorting the tickets to the schools. You know, people on the outside will think, oh, you know, we'll just sell the tickets and whatever it is. By far, it's, it's so much more involved, you know, with, with Keith Weston, you know, with sorting out all this, the security, the outside of things, people, the vendors, the people that are coming. There's one hell of a lot God, you know every day it's like a full-time job you've got a full-time job and then taking this on as well as the fundraising yeah. so i remember we chatted about it and we were saying come on it was so much involved in fundraising by word but you're doing a day-to-day job of running a football club as well and so seeing within the wall i really appreciate because i'm exposed to both it, amazing so hats off to all of you and and to the fans so thank you
1: it's all so lovely I love this. Is also
4: lovely,
1: isn't it, <laughs> uh, Amy? Exactly. How does your Saturday look like? What are you going to be doing? Are you shaking buckets? Are you getting involved? What does your Saturdays look like?
3: Um, uh, I'm sure Karina will have a job in mind for us. Uh, <laughs> well, we we're going over on Friday, um, taking all our stuff over, start setting up, and then we'll get there early Saturday. Um, greet the volunteers. Been be given our job. We're there all day, so we're going to be watching. Um, yeah just helping wherever wherever we're needed basically and um, we're there to talk about the appeal if people have any questions or the the charities in general we're, we're just there so if anyone wants to find out any more information you can come find us in our bright pink t-shirts with our the hospital logo on so
5: anyone will be there in the side of space under the gazebo shaking our bucket and trying <laughs> to tell you, tell you about the charity but also try to sell your pink pint pot
3: yeah absolutely <laughs> I
1: go. for what it's worth i could go for a pink pipe pot that's absolutely fine yeah. max let's let's uh, go back a little bit i'm 300 miles away in leeds plenty of yoval fans are all over the place for those who can't be there at hewish park on saturday where can they go how can they find out a little bit more information how can they get involved
0: so currently um Yeovil have a, a website um so we can kind of send the, the link to you if you want to share it around but it's just the Yovel hospital charity um, so type that one in and you'll find more information about it. Everything's on the Yobel Town website, as your fans will already already have seen. Um, and then we do a lot on our social medias. So Love Musgrove and the Yoga Yoga Hospital Charity and the Somerset NHS Charity, if they wanted to kind of explore a little bit more. Um, we do also have a just giving link, which we've shared on all three, all three pages. Um, and obviously Yoga have done very very well, and sharing that for us as well. So, um, yeah, so if they wanted to like, donate, they don't have to be at the game. So, you can use the Just Giving link to, um, to support us in that way, which would be very much appreciated.
5: Really, really, um, we fought outside the box with the Just Giving. It's uh, justgiving.com. Um, paint the park. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> can't
1: go on with that. Uh, Karina, very important question for you,
4: please. Are we going 10 in a row? I would like to think so. I really hope so. We're all the fans, and everybody there, uh, the support is behind them. So it would be absolutely wonderful, and the icing on the cake if that was the case. So come on, guys, get down to huge Park and let's paint pink. Park pink. <laughs> pink. Mark, I,
1: I, Mark, I'm gonna. I started with you, so I'd like to. I'd like to finish with you if I can. The, the icing on the cake being the football match, and hopefully, fingers crossed. 10 in a row, but um, it's hard not to think about the fact that there were 6,000 people at Hewish Park on Tuesday, a huge away following, and we know that that won't quite be the case with Braintree. But the amount of people that cancer touches in some way, shape or form means that quite a large portion of those people inside Hewish Park on Tuesday night will be directly affected by cancer one way or another. And as such, getting as many people into Hewish Park again on Saturday and helping and supporting in any way, shape or form, just makes everyone's journey and the day itself just that little bit easier. If I could offer you the floor, Mark, to talk to the Ovaltown fans who may be sat there thinking, I don't know, I I, I don't know, I went Tuesday night, I spent 20 quid, is it worth me going again Saturday? Mark, to finish off, the floor is yours, my good man.
5: Um, I think it's absolutely worth it. Like you say, we're we're on a clasp of 10 in a row. I'm not sure when the last time the fans were able to say that. So... Um, For fear of missing out you don't want to be missing out on the fact that when the day when you overwent 10 in a row um, yeah I I, I, I will I will will literally plead to the fans to come and support um, this day Uh, what we do for the charity what we do for the fundraising is successful but the main success of getting over that line is in the hands of our fans um, to come and come and support with their feet put their bums on the seat um, be be a visual be a visual in pink um, when the boys come out that tunnel to see the screw fix in pink would be an amazing sight and the Thatcher's terrace as well. Um yeah, it's 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 nothing without the fans, let's be honest. Um we can deliver the kits, we can deliver the pint box, we can give you special mugs, but like the club itself, the club is nothing without the fan base. And I'm asking and pleading with everyone to come and support it. I know it's tough, I know we've had 13 home games on the on the spin near enough. <laughs> Um, and I know the, the pockets and the and the wallets must be really, really squeaking and pinching right now. Um but yeah, please if we could just get that one little extra bit out, that would be really, really um amazing. And like I say, I'd be in the debt to the fans all the time if we could get 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 the the pot across the line and, and support the guys. Um yeah, do what we do best. Do what we do best is support the team, support the club, support the community, come together and and make the part pink and um yeah, be the difference on the day and, and, and be part of something very, very special that for years to come will, will be a legacy for the people who, who are sadly diagnosed. Um, Be part of history, be part of painting the part pink and um, enjoy it. There's, there's, there's lots to offer. It's going to be a long day, but you've got the hog roast, you've got the food, you've got the refreshments, you've got the bouncy castles, the 3G pitch activities, the feel-good factor of the team turning up. And when you arrive at Hewish, you're thinking... We can win today rather than thinking, when's our next win coming? Um, keep the dream alive, guys. Please come and support and help us out and we'll, we'll help you out as the season goes on with the entertainment, I promise you. I tried I, to sell it, mate. Is that all right? I,
1: I, I loved it. Thank you so much, everyone. I, I appreciate it. it's been a busy Zoom call. We've been here, there, and everywhere around. Matt, Amy, I really appreciate uh, all the work that you've done to put to help get this together. Karina, I feel like the more I talk to everybody, the more I think you deserve an extra special Thank you for going through what you go through and being awesome and supporting the Glovers. Thank Uh, you. It's an absolute pleasure. Happy to be able to host you and everybody here. Um, And uh, I really, really hope Saturday goes absolutely splendidly on and off the pitch, raise a boatload of cash, score a boatload of goals, and hopefully secure that place at the top of the table and at the top of the uh, fundraising charts as well.
5: Top top of the table, 10 in a row and... Fun, uh, fundraising target week, that be an amazing yeah. Saturday night. And um, we'll be able to sit down, have a pint, and celebrate yeah. all together.
4: Yeah, it'll be done. a great day. <laughs> Can't Thank wait. Thank you, guys. It's been Thank an absolute you. pleasure.
1: Thank you all so much for jumping on this chat. Enjoy Saturday, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. All the best, guys. Thank you.
3: Cheers, buddy. Thank you, Thank Thank you. you, guys. Thank you very much. Bye.
1: A huge thank you to all of those guests. So Max, to Amy, uh, Karina, an absolute superstar. And of course, Mark, if you are going on Saturday, can I ask please that you do your best. Dig out a pink shirt from somewhere. Last year's Awake It will do just fine. Call in via a charity shop and grab the most garish pink, horrible thing you can find and wear it on Saturday. If you aren't able to grab something pink, there's merch available on the day. There's face painting. We will pink you up in no time at all. Um, Paint the part pink on Saturday for an amazing cause. Um, Sheridan, we'll talk football in a moment, but we've known for a while, you and I and everyone else that has ever listened to this podcast, the Oval Sound Football Club, when it does community stuff right, it doesn't have to do it right doesn't it
2: oh it doesn't it just i mean i i'm i'm really sad i'm not there actually i think it's gonna be a wonderful occasion i i love that we're gonna wear the bright pink kit i love that we're getting involved in the community the interviews that are going out it's just a wonderful cause and i've just before we came on this zoom call actually just watching the video of with josh staunton and I'll uh, endeavour to not watch that again without tears in my Mm. eyes because it's so, so powerful and he's absolutely right. We've all been affected by it Um, and I'm really pleased that Yeovil are doing this and I know it would mean a lot to, Don't speak about this a lot, but it would mean a lot to my dad. My mum, as we were growing up, had lymphoma three times, you know, she's she's an absolute trooper. She's still battling the effects now Um, and we're just so grateful for the hospitals that looked after her and ensure that she is still around now. So it's a wonderful cause and I would urge everyone to get down to Yosh Park and anything that they can part with. I know times are so, so, so hard. Um, but a lot of home yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, there's those little mugs on, on 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 sale as well. You know, anything you can give
1: um to, to Yobel Hospital because um, get them over the line.
2: Yeah. Absolutely
1: makes a real difference. And the thing that, that, that got me and again, I, I've, I don't think I've ever told this story on, on the Glover's cast. Um, I went through some treatment just before my A-levels. I was told two days before my first A-level that I had, and I don't even like saying the word, the word, the word itself doesn't, doesn't go well with me. And I quite like quite like to get through the rest of this podcast, Um, but I needed treatment. Um, And I had to go to Bristol every day after being referred from Taunton. So my, Mum and dad, who are legends of the highest order for it, drove me to Bristol every day for six weeks to sit in a waiting room while I got zapped with radiotherapy for eight minutes a day, something like that. Not an awful lot. I had this plastic mask on my face. I've had four surgeries on my neck. And it was the time and the fact that you have to go so far to so f- this strange place that you don't know. So to put a one-stop shop in Yeovil for the people of the community to mean that they haven't got to go to Bristol or even go to Taunton. They can do it all in one place. Um, and that the facilities are there that if you need to have a difficult conversation, there's a room and a person that can help. And that person is going to be regular and stay with you throughout your journey. Um, those are the people, it's not just the person who is ill. It's the fact that it will, it will affect the, the 10 people around them. And I'm incredibly grateful for my mum and dad, because that's what mum and dads do. But, It would have been a darn sight easier for them if they only had to drive me oval every day. Um, And the knock on effects that that had um, without question were tough. So I'm incredibly grateful that the football club has teamed up with anything to make life people for not just people going through this stuff or recovering from this stuff and getting good news. You want good news in a safe environment. You want good news in a in a place that's going to help you get better. Um, So if you can be there, my pink shirt is on order. I'm told it is on route. I'll be wearing it on Saturday if it arrives, even if I have got to wear it at work. Um, But I I completely echo the sentiments of everyone. If you can get down at Hewitt's Park, enjoy all the other stuff as well. Go have a hog roast. How long has it been since you had a hog roast, Sheridan? Oh, uh,
2: absolutely. I love a hog roast.
1: I want a hog roast. Um, I don't necessarily want my face painted or my hair braided. (laughs) That's not for me. That's not for me. That's fine. Um, But yes, um, there is a football match that will um, go alongside all of it as well. And, I'm not sure if I've ever been one for scripts in football. I'm not sure I've ever believed in everything perfectly aligning. But when you're holding a special day and you're hoping for a big attendance and you're hoping for a huge uh, windfall of cash for an amazing charity, to top it off with a 10 in a row, it? I mean, that that's a script, isn't it? I don't want to say it's the script that's been written, but, I mean, that's a cherry on the cake, isn't it?
2: Oh, wouldn't that be nice? 10. 10. I mean, goodness me. And we've already scored more goals than we did last season. It's just remarkable. I just I, you've got to back us. I do you know what? I back us against anyone at home. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Braintree, they're a good side. They're yes. a good side. They're on a good run of form. Um, but so are Weymouth. So are Avery. Um, you have to go in at with with confidence of course there's going to be bumps in the road this season and I don't know when they're going to come but you have to back the the form that that Yeovil are in at the moment and as you say we were talking about the Weymouth game it's going to be a different reason for the atmosphere being as it is but it's still going to be a great atmosphere and that carried them through so there's no reason that it can't carry them through again and you know you know, it was lovely to see all the players, you know, really sharing the fact that we have smashed the record. They obviously felt that in themselves, that that was something special. If they've got that backing again on Saturday, then they're they're not going to need much of a team talk.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Um, just in terms of Braintree form, and we do have a foot in the opposition camp that will be released on Saturday morning. It's quite a short one, actually, for Saturday morning, but there is going to be one coming out. So listen to that when it does drop on your podcast feeds. Yeah. Um, Their away form up until midweek had been pretty poor. They'd lost against Chesham in the FA Cup. They'd not got past Averley, Canvey Island. They needed a replay in the FA Cup after drawing away from home. Drew against Tombridge without scoring. Lost at Torquay. Lost at... Taunton, I want to say. Taunton, yes, I've got it on my list. And drew at Dover. Hemel away on Tuesday night was the first time that they'd won away from home all season. Um... Their home form is spectacular. Don't get me wrong. It's very, very good. They turned a bit of a corner. Um, I want to ask you about something that their manager said in midweek. He said he had given the players Thursday night off, which I thought was a very strange thing to say. If you're a part-time team and you're only training Tuesday and Thursday and maybe travelling Friday, I don't know what their plans are. I, I'm I'm a bit confused by that move, and I'm not sure that's the right move either. What do you think?
2: Wow, that's an interesting one. There must be a reason.
1: He said for... it's purely recovery. He said after the win, he was so proud of the guys, so proud of the team. I've given them, I don't do this very often, he said, but I've given them Thursday off to recover. So no contact time until yeah. match day, potentially.
2: And, you know, maybe that's mentally giving them a break as well, yeah. because there are coming thick and fast, the games, aren't they? And, you know, you do forget. That these part-time teams have other things to to think Perfect. about. We're very much in that full-time bubble, um, so you know it might prove a, a stroke of, of genius, um, but I would be quite surprised, particularly after your first away, which is great. You would think you'd want that camaraderie again, mm-hmm. particularly going into on paper the hardest game in, in the division. Um, so you know, I guess I guess that kind of gives Mark Cooper another thing well work harder we'll work harder than them yeah. um yeah. so far whatever we're doing in training is clear is clearly working so um and there will always be that thing that there's a reason we score so late all the time because we have such good levels of fitness so maybe we can use that to our, our advantage again um I don't think it's any coincidence that so many of our goals have been so late
1: no. Braintree have had a very good defensive record. They have conceded the joint least in the division. I think it's 12 alongside Avely. Um, but we put three past Avely without really breaking sweat. So I'm not overly fussed. Um, I think it's going to be really tough. I think it's going to be really, really tough. I think they're going to... He said something else about we've got a young group who's going to go on there on Saturday and just try and enjoy the day. And that's another line that just... It just threw me a little bit because... I think they're better than just enjoying their day out at Hewish Park. There are teams this season that will come here and go there and enjoy their day. Braintree, I think, are better than, quote, enjoying their day out at Hewish Park. I think they're better than that.
2: But again, is that all the pressure is on? I mean, as it always is, all the pressure then is on is on us. Um, they They don't have to go and take the game to us, we've got to break them down and if they have got such a good defensive record well we're going to have to make sure we're good enough to to break them down. I think there is I'm sure when they talk about facing Yeovil there is a lot of outside talk about momentum, about what it means to go to Hewish Park and I I wonder if that's a little bit of of mind games um awesome. but everyone needs to be on the lookout for for which teams go on the pitch and take pictures i always think that's an an interesting thing to to see which which players actually do that because i think it's less than we than we think but um i remember alex fisher a couple of weeks ago saying oh i've just seen the players they're taking pictures of the pitch and it's just weird to me and it's just different because we're in a different division now um but yeah They'll they'll think they can be the first ones to to beat us at Hewish Park, and we've got to be at our absolute best to ensure that we get that double figure of wins in a row, which would just be brilliant.
1: They have signed a player this evening as well, actually. By the way, braintree. they've just signed Shaquille Cawthurst from Ebbsfleet. Um, I don't know a massive amount about him. Uh, plenty of experience in the National League and Football League. It's not a name that joins jumps out at me if I'm being completely honest with you, but absolutely, absolutely hosed up in this division last time around. So he was part of that. Um, can't be all that bad. So I do think they've got, um, they've got good players. Of course they've got good players. Um, I'm not one for prediction, Sheridan. I don't like doing predictions and stuff. Um, do we make it 10? Do we stay unbeaten? What's your gut instinct telling you?
2: We make it 10. Oh, <laughs> oh
1: this is lovely news. Right. Um, unless there's any more brain to chin wagging. Um, I'm going to take some GCQs. I've got them already here. Dave very kindly didn't put them on Facebook. So I, have got a, <laughs> I haven't got to check Facebook, although now I have to check Facebook to make sure he. I'm telling the truth. Um, quite a few, actually. Um, we're going to go um, kind of chronologically because that's the easiest way for me to doing it. Um, Debs, Debs Curtis, thank you for the Pokemon gift today. Uh, Debs says, uh, Mark Cooper mentioned in his pre-match interview just how important the massive support has been. Big question here. How do you encourage the additional 3,000 odd from Tuesday to come to Hewish Park more often. This has got a very short answer, I think, Sheridan.
2: Keep winning.
1: So simple. It is so simple. It is so simple. And Clevo kind of backs up uh, off the back of that and asks, what will the attendance be for Saturday on another special occasion? Is 4,000 realistic? Hopefully plenty will return after Tuesday night.
3: I hope so. That would be really great,
2: wouldn't it? I think on the back of... Of Tuesday, and you made the point earlier, and I think we should make this point. The amount of home games is absolutely ridiculous, and you know if you haven't been able to get a a season ticket, it's a lot of money to part with in one month. So I can before Christmas. Yeah, exactly, exactly in a cost of living crisis. So completely get it um but it is that kind of thing well oh you're playing so well I don't want to miss out I'm going to choose to spend my precious money on that and I think there is a a lot of that and I think the fact that we're doing such amazing things for the community as well will help and I'm sure Mark Robinson and and I look forward to listening to your chat has got some groups coming in as well which will always help um boost the attendance so yeah I think to back up the 6,000 with 4,000 would be brilliant.
1: Yeah, the, uh, first thing to know is there won't be so many away fans. Um, they're not expected to bring huge numbers, I'm I'm led to believe. Um, but there are bits and pieces. I believe it's still half term. Is it half term in that part of the world? Yeah. Not half term here. That's next week at this part of the world. Um, but if your kids are bored on Saturday and they're driving you bonkers after a week off school, it's like three quid for a kid's ticket. Like, take them down, pay your 16 quid, and then get in for three off the back of it with, with your kids and stuff and enjoy the face painting there's football freestylers. There's there's other stuff going on that makes it more than just the 90 minutes of football. And if you can get down and support, get some numbers in, that would be fantastic. Um, Ben Lloyd, a great name, Ben, first and foremost, says, were you happy that there was no roof on the away end on Tuesday night? I enjoyed it slightly, Sheridan. Not going to lie, I enjoyed it slightly.
2: So both Mark Cooper and Alex Fisher kept saying how sorry they felt for them. I just kept quiet. I didn't feel that sorry for <laughs> them.
1: I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um,
2: fair face of all of them. The
1: uh, don't be nice. You don't have to be nice to you're here, Sheridan. You've got to be nice to them when you're on the BBC. You haven't here. Right. Uh, Raging Ball Skittle says, Good evening, fair gentleman and lady. If we get another big dub this Saturday, would you then take a draw against Torquay? I would all day long, he says. Three points in the bag, Torquay on the horizon. Do you take four points out of Braintree to and Torquay? I mean, you do. Do you? But. Oh, there it is.
2: Torquay are not playing well. And I've been on their podcast a couple of times. They I'm are. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> How do I you I went what? on in my Yobel shirt. I went on in my Yobel shirt. I raved about her. Oh,
1: wow. Let you us. off.
2: Um, And I'm pretty sure I name checked Glover's cast a number of times. Um. They are not a happy bunch no right now. And can we just say thank you to Western Supermare for a superb win in midweek?
1: Yeah,
2: very um, kind. Of. I, they are not in good form. They are no. not happy. And it's at their place where no. they are not behind their manager. We are very much behind our manager. We're on a great run of form. We've got to try and go there and win.
1: Adrian Johnson doing us a favour once more mm. without even really knowing it. Um, I think it's worth noting there is obviously Gateshead in between. There's a lot of football to be played between now and then, including them on their side. Um, I I don't take the point for exactly the same reason. I think if we go 10 and get a dub, and then if, and the word if is doing a lot of heavy lifting around here right now, <laughs> Gerrardin. If we then go 11 and go Gateshead, go to Torquay and make it 12, <laughs> which again is, is, is absurd. I get that it's absurd. And I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I'm saying, you know, if, 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 if. If Torquay would be 12, I'm not sure there's any coming back from that from anyone else in this division.
2: Yeah. I mean, what a marker that would put down.
1: Um, Tim says, has HMS Pistol League finally set sail? <laughs> I mean, they're still loading the cargo. But...
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. So- I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I really am. And I love watching us and we're on fire. But I'm not going to get up. Uh, just yeah.
1: Okay. Um Callum Hallett says, evening. Evening. The first one to say evening. Why? Where's where's all the politeness gone? First one to say evening. With the sacking of the Joey Barton up at the gas, stop laughing. Um, should we be worried that Cooper's head may be turned? I'm I'm going for no on this one. Um, because um I did the thing that I do in my line of work. I checked the betting. Uh he was inserted at 16 to 1 to be the next Bristol Rovers manager. And then within within about an hour, everything changed. Someone else went even money favourite and he went out to about 33-1. to 1. So it suggests not.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. And um, with all due respect to where we are, if we were on this run of form in the National League, I would be a lot more concerned, um, potentially. Um, if he didn't leave before... <laughs> <laughs> you know on the run we're on now is he gonna leave now i i don't know sincerely hope not but no i don't think we need to worry too much
1: no i think there were probably other areas other times in his tenure where he could have walked a lot easier than this so we'll say no more. um right so we carry on and we're starting to get to the less footbally ones now jonathan hooper asks he says evening evening apart from painting the park pink face painting bouncy castles and sarah turning up at hewish park on saturday do you know any more information? I'm hopeful, Jonathan, that by the time you've got to this bit, you'll have heard the other bit and you'll find out more information. That was the whole idea of this podcast. Yes. Nailed it. Um, let's have a look. I think we're getting to the good ones now. Not that others weren't good, but the funny ones. Uh, Martin Lee says, evening. Evening. Thank you. Go. In honour of paint the park pink. Is it paint the park pink or paint the town pink? Park? Are we going to Park? Start one, bench one, sell one in a fantasy football team. Uh, Patrick Starr from Spongebob, Pink Panther and the Piglet. Goodness.
2: Uh, start Piglet.
1: Oh, really? Where
2: are you playing Piglet? <laughs> little Whippet. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Bringing on Pink Panther for the height.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: And, and benching Patrick, who I didn't so- know. I did not know who that was, by the way. I had to Google it.
1: Patrick Star the from SpongeBob. Yeah.
2: I was like, um, oh, I did I had no idea who that was.
1: I'm also gonna sell him. I don't think he's much cop for anyone. Um I'm starting Pink Panther though. I think he's got a bit of wily w- a bit wily, a bit wily. Piglet, need him off the bench. That's fine. And by the way, if Peppa Pig happens to be the hog roast, I will get involved in that as well. Because I can't stand that stupid pig. Um <laughs> found my title. If Pepper yeah. Pig the hog roast. Um <laughs> right. Um uh, where am I going? Oh God, I lost my place. Um, almost a pro pilot says Buena ciela." We think that's Romanian.
2: Goodness.
1: Um, and this is for you. This is where we start to uh, become a um, basically a chat about commentary. Uh, something that you're very, very good at. Let's have a let's have a run through at the questions here. What's your best moment on commentary?
2: Oh, my best moment on commentary, um, probably my first ever appearance on Five Live and oh, I I got a really good story where Forest Green got their first and only win <laughs> under Duncan Ferguson um, and I got so much more airtime than I thought I was going to because the story was at Forest Green and it was just an amazing experience and my interview with Duncan Ferguson was then played in the England-Ukraine game which was just super cool. That's so that was cool. my favourite moment.
1: That is cool. Well, that was, so he asked, what's your best moment and then what's your favourite moment as well? So uh, they're kind of the same, but I'll give you a second best moment as well, if you want one.
2: So definitely Lawson Diaz against Weimer.
1: Swearing. Where, you, it where on is he the naughty word?
2: Uh, because I just, I remember laughing. So like just being so shocked and laughing and, uh, it was just hilarious. It just and to see Lawson just go, so sorry for my language, just uh, just amazing. And I I was quite inexperienced that time; didn't know how to handle it. But it was just a moment, and my phone was pinging. You lot clipping it up, and I loved it. It was great. Uh,
1: who's your favourite <laughs> player to commentate on, and why?
2: Oh, favourite player to commentate on. Um, I mean, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a Yobel player because they're the ones I've commentated on most. Um, probably someone like Matt Worthington because so much movement, so much excitement, um, and he's different in every game and, you know, there's always something exciting happening with him. So, um, I'd have to go with Matt Worthington, I think.
1: Who's your favourite manager that you've spoken to?
2: (laughs) At the risk of sounding like I'm, uh, you know, blowing smoke, Mark Cooper. Okay, cool. I... He's the most honest manager I've ever dealt with. He has been through the most that you know I've covered, um, and he reacts so differently depending on on the situation. And I I feel like I've got a really good relationship going as well. So I, I think it has to be Mark Cooper.
1: And uh, finally, from almost a pro pilot, answer this one very blooming carefully. Who's your favourite person to commentate with? Answer this very carefully.
2: Such an unfair question.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. Not when it's just <laughs> us two on the call. No, it's not. <laughs> you can tell me what you want to, what I want to hear, and then tell the people the truth
2: Obviously, it's it's you, Ben, because what is, what we is? will always have the shared <laughs> horror of Gateshead away,
1: and the shared joy of Wrexham,
2: and the shared joy of
1: Wrexham. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, I, I apart from me, I know it's a ridiculous. I, you, I know that Ian's fantastic. Um you've had some cool ones though, haven't you? Chrissy Wheels joined you. Alex Fisher, I thought, spoke really well. I think Sam Collar does a great job in the games he does as well. We've got a half-decent little bunch, haven't we? Actually, genuinely.
2: Gen- genuinely. And I am not just saying this, there have been some amazing summarizers. And there's Marcus. Oh, Mark, yeah, Marcus. I yeah. mean so, so great. Um I there is something about having a player for you know, the different level of analysis that you give you. Um, so it it's it's always really good to have have them alongside me. But honestly, whenever I I never even know half the time. And Rich will just tell me who's summarized summariser and it's always uh, great. Like they're always going to be great. And um yeah, we're really, we're really lucky at Yobel to have such a different um amount of of summarizers and and they have different strengths. And I love working with all of them.
1: And if Ian, when you get to this point, she did say my name over yours. So um, Tom, Tom Bailey, who helps us out here on the Glovers cast, has two questions. One for each of us. Sheridan, do you have any tips for aspiring radio commentators? Absolute do's or do nots? Don't swear. Don't swear. Lawson.
2: Um, do's. I have thought about this on advice and I'm obviously still so new and lots to learn. But what stuck with me advice I got and is why I think I'm coming into my own a little bit more in the last few months is find your style. So you can get all the advice of, you know, say, make sure you say the score this many times, make sure you say the time, geography of where the ball is. That's all that's all super important. But in terms of style, stick to what you know, you're never going to sound like. Vicky Sparks or Alistair Bruce Ball you're going to sound like you um and I remember doing my first Bristol City game being really nervous because it was a championship game and I listened back and I was like that doesn't sound like me um and I did it did Bristol City last night and I listened back and I thought that's more me I've just I've done my style and it's it sounds so much more confident so much better so find your style find what works for you and stick with it and and that will that will serve you well.
1: A couple of those boring bits that have always stuck with me on, on the times that I've done it and working in the industry I work with is when you haven't got graphics and visual aids, if you're on radio, you say the time and the score as often as you damn can, every 90 seconds, two minutes-ish if you can, because people tune in, tune out, get distracted. People want to know what's going on and what the current situation is. Um, but one thing that always stood, stood out for me is it ain't about you. No one's tuning in for you. They're tuning in to hear what's going on. You add your flavor and you become and you become your own sort of, uh, exactly as you say, find your style and stick with it and go with it and trust it. But always have in the back of your mind that no one's tuning in for you. And they're Absolutely. tuning in for their team or the opposition team or just to enjoy their evening. No one's tuning in for you. Um, and I'm guilty of it. I make it a bit of a joke sometimes. And I say a funny thing that I probably couldn't say on national radio or at work in the national audience when i'm on yeovil commentary when i'm on yovel commentary i can say it because i know who i'm talking to um so those couple of things do kick in and then um he asks how do you see the christmas run going november in particular being a busy month it is a busy month yeah. we're worried about october but we're kind of kicking october's backside so i'm less worried about november yeah
2: it does make <laughs> it feel a bit easier
1: right. we made we made october look quite simple to be perfectly honest with you um November is obviously got the away games that we haven't had going to Torquay, going to Chippenham, uh, going to Bath in very early December as well. If we can throw that in as well, Um, potentially an FA cup game or two as well, if needed. Um, But the way that these nine games have gone and probably the season as a whole, I'm looking at this list here and going, I don't fear Torquay, Dover, Farnborough, Chippenham, Welling, none of them worry me we won't beat them all I will confidently say we won't beat them all but when you've put as much effort in and as many points on the board as we have now it almost doesn't matter
2: and 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 that is something that this team has done for us because I don't know about you if it actually I'm not sure you would you think you were working weren't you not listening to Worthing but even though, and so it was it was a late penalty obviously and that is always gutting um I was like, do you know what? It's a point. It's a point away from home. Take that. Like, absolutely. And then you get three. They're, they're always sort of raising the bar at the moment. So yeah. like you say, we're not going to win them all, but we're going to give it a right good go. And and I, I definitely don't fear anyone at the moment. And, you know, everyone will be looking at us and going, oh, God, I don't want to go to you. I don't want you able to come here. Um, that Bath game's big. And the Torquay game, obviously, is big. Um, but... Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about them. I'm actually excited for the bigger games. And
1: I think we've bought ourselves the wiggle room. Let's say Saturday goes horrendously badly. We still top. No one can overtake us. We've bought ourselves that wiggle room. We've got a game in hand on, talk- on Taunton. Yeah. It's those little things that if Saturday goes badly, so what? So what? Um, we're the only if team...
2: Look at that result at Haven't, which, by the way, looks more ridiculous by the day. But anyway... <laughs> But look what happened. We lost that game. And then we've gone on this unbelievable run afterwards.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Even I keep coming back to that two points a game. We're the only team. We're the only team. Bath, 13 games, 25 points. They're underneath. We're 13-29. We're the only team on over two points per game. And I think that's just such a good place to be. Right, I think it's time to wrap this up. If this podcast, I'm very aware we have actually been chatting for a kind of normal amount of time. So if it has gone on a bit long, I apologise to any listeners. But thank you so much, Sheridan, for taking the time to join us on this Thursday evening.
2: Absolutely, always. Thank you so much.
0: And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock lands it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's fended by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably
1: has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start! Manner after just six minutes gives Yeovil the lead.
0: Stansfield, good turn away from
1: John. Goal.